let's start with the basic philosophies of a well-designed incentive compensation system. First, it is based on performance, not how well-liked the group is or where their office is located or what color their hair is. Second, it is always measurable and always based on the numbers. This means it is always objective, never subjective, which makes it easier for you. The numbers don't lie and there is no room for politics or favoritism. Third, everyone will know if they've earned the bonus or not. Welcome to Medical Money Matters, the podcast where you can find experts, answers, and resources so that you can achieve mastery over the financial and business aspects of your practice. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Jill Arena. I began my career in accounting and finance, and I have more than 30 years of experience running medical groups. I own and operate a national healthcare consulting and revenue cycle company, and I am the author of Physician Heal Thy Financial Self. In 2020, I co-founded the Physician Leadership Project, and my passion is to increase financial and business literacy for physicians. Episode number 16, Taking Care of the People Who Take Care of Your Money. There are many things that help to improve retention, and one of them is money. I've seen many groups who have bonuses, but while all are well-intended, many are set up in a way that are difficult to administer or even counterproductive. I encourage our clients to set up performance-based incentive compensation programs so that they are paying their teams additional compensation that is completely based on how well the team performs. There is nothing subjective about it. It's all easily measurable, and this is key. For today's episode, we'll focus on incentive compensation for your revenue cycle team. I like to start here as these folks understand money. I recommend that all groups expand then into a broader program with performance-based incentive compensation for everyone on your team. Let's start with the basic philosophies of a well-designed incentive compensation system. First, it is based on performance, not how well-liked the group is or where their office is located or what color their hair is. Second, it is always measurable and always based on the numbers. This means it is always objective, never subjective, which makes it easier for you. The numbers don't lie and there is no room for politics or favoritism. Third, everyone will know if they've earned the bonus or not. There's no room for confusion. Fourth, the goal should be attainable with a little bit of stretch. Be sure not to make them completely unreasonable. Everyone will give up before you start or they will lose interest very quickly. Fifth, it should be paid timely and regularly on a predictable schedule, usually quarterly. And last, it is never tied to a holiday or year-end or anything else that happens every year. This is not a bonus. It quickly becomes an entitlement and woe is the leader who decides to do away with the holiday bonus. Talk about a Grinch. If groups have had a holiday bonus or a Christmas bonus, I recommend changing it to the performance-based incentive compensation and, if possible, increasing the amounts you are paying out. If it's designed correctly and begins with the clinic's overall financial performance as a baseline, this will mean more money in everyone's pockets and you and your partners won't have to take a pay cut in order to do it. So, 
In order for anyone to qualify for performance-based incentive compensation, you must first have financial performance. I generally recommend that groups aim for at least a 5% improvement over the prior year's financials. This means there is then additional money to pay the incentive comp. Do the math and figure out how much this is. If your bottom line last year was $1 million and you achieve a 5% improvement, then you have an additional $50,000, some of which you could pay out as an incentive comp. Perhaps you say there will be $25,000 paid out, and if there are 10 people on your team, each person is eligible for $2,500. Bonus payouts don't always have to be equal, but an egalitarian approach is easiest to administer and to defend. People will talk about their bonuses, so if you're paying different amounts to different people, best to make that a structured system with some logic behind it, like higher amounts for longer tenures with the practice, or differentiate by roles so an advanced practice provider might be able to earn more than a front office person. The next step is to figure out what you'll focus on. Remember that you get more of what you focus on as a leader, so select your metrics carefully. If we're continuing the example of creating incentive compensation for your revenue cycle team, some of the KPIs we discussed in episode six make for great incentive comp metrics. You can easily start with the percent under 30 days or the percent under 60 days if that works better for your group, as this gets right at the question of how young is the money in your accounts receivable, and it incentivizes your team to work on keeping those percentages high. I recommend starting with your baseline and then looking to improve it by a few percentage points. So if your percent under 30 is at 50% currently, you might give the team a quarterly goal to get it to 55%, which should be doable. Be sure to discuss with the team and put in some guardrails so you don't get unintended consequences. In the above example, one quick way to get there would be for your billing team to write off all old balances, which you wouldn't want them to do. Days in accounts receivable is a great one to continue with. It does require a little calculation, so you'll want that to be set up and very clear to everyone as to what their performance is. Again, to calculate that, take gross charges over a period of time and divide by the number of calendar days in that time period. This gives you your charges per calendar day. Divide that into your total accounts receivable balance to get your days in AR. This is a more sophisticated metric as it gets at the health of your overall accounts receivable. As you continue to increase the sophistication of your metrics, you could add the percent of clean claims, which could be used as a shared metric for your front office and your revenue cycle team, as they really need to work together to make that one sing. As we'll discuss in our next episode, the revenue cycle begins at the front desk with a new patient registration. If data is collected completely and accurately, this greatly increases the chance of a clean claim which is what we call a claim that goes through and gets paid the first time. We love those. Your team should too. Focus on this as a metric with some incentive comp behind it, and it will pay many dividends. Your practice management system might generate that statistic for you. It's also sometimes referred to as first pass rate. And if not, your billing manager could do some manual calculations by looking at a random sample of 50 to 100 claims. 
We expect the clean claim rate to be in the 85-90% to 90 range, with highly performing practices at or above 95%. If setting this as a metric, you might look for 1-2% to 2 increases per calendar quarter, depending on your starting point. You may now be asking, how much should the incentive compensation be? We've seen bonus amounts in the $200 to $500 per quarter range be effective for frontline staff. This equates to $800 to $2,000 per year in annual compensation for each staff person, which is enough to move the needle. In general, if you're at 5 to 10% of total compensation, it's a great start. Many people who study compensation theory recommend that you keep base compensation flat and give annual increases in the form of percent performance-based incentive compensation until that portion equates to about 30 to 35% of total compensation. This is the point at which you truly have everyone's attention. It can, however, be very effective even at lower percentages. We do recommend that you have different levels of compensation for managers and providers, as $800 to $2,000 per year may or may not be motivating to higher income earners. Again, going with a percentage of total compensation is easiest. We also recommend that you give some thought to how best to design these. They don't need to be complicated, but they should be well thought out. You should also think about who will do the calculations and who will review them. Usually, your manager or administrator will do the calculations, and it's best to have them reviewed by you or your finance or executive committee prior to the payouts. That way, everyone is on the same page and there are no surprises. Once you've got an incentive compensation plan up and running for several quarters, you can now begin to think about how often you want to update the plan and or change the metrics. You can drive performance up in a certain area and give it enough time for the team to create systems, workflows, and habits that drive high performance in an area. Then you can shift the focus. Chances are good that the good habits that were developed will persist. Then your new focus will help take the whole game to the next level. Keep them on that upward spiral. Best to give several months notice to the group when you're making changes so they can begin to shift their focus and figure out the new system. Some groups will even measure the performance of the new metric for a while before putting actual compensation on the line for it. I strongly suggest that if you start with a system for one department in your clinic and that you move to applying these principles to incentive comp design for the rest of the practice as soon as you can. Let everyone catch the bug and learn about measuring performance. You're bound to see some pretty amazing changes. Join me for our next episode where we'll focus on your front desk where the revenue cycle begins. You can find more information online at medicalmoneymatterspodcast.com and you can subscribe to the Medical Money Matters content website for physician leaders to find budget templates and many other tools. We've included those links in the show notes. As I like to close out these podcasts, congratulations on taking the next step in your professional development and for making the commitment to learn about the financial and business aspects of your practice. I look forward to being on this journey with you and send you my heartfelt gratitude for all that you do for your patients all day, every day.